Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to a special episode of the Front Office Podcast. Um, today it's going to be just me. Sean and I were actually on a hiatus. Um, we have some other obligations. He and I both. And we were going to take some time off. But some things have been happening in the news and I just wanted to touch on it. So it's me flying solo today for the first time. We're going to see how that rolls. Uh, just got back from a trip with the homies. Um, we're celebrating uh, an accomplishment by one of our friends. Met some great new people. Um, hung out with some a bunch of um, guys that we always talk sports about. So some great conversations. Had a great conversation on a plane ride home. Um, you know, it's pleasant to talk to people who know sports as opposed to those who think they know sports. I don't know if so. There are people that I know that I'm cool with. They know sports. Eh, cool. Eh, but they don't know sports. They know their favorite team. My favorite team is the Raiders. They some of some people favorite team. They know everything about that favorite team. And that's awesome. But you can just tell that they don't know. I'm like Rain Man in this thing. Like, honestly, my parents used to punish me. You know, how my parents used to punish me. They used to make me go outside and play. <laughs> Get off that newspaper. Quit looking at those box scores. Yeah, it wasn't the Internet back then. I'm talking about four or five, six years old. Stop watching those games. I was watching baseball. I was watching basketball. wasn't really on that much like it is today. But the A's were on all the time. So I was watching the Oakland A's like it was nothing. And then I was always watching the Raiders on the weekend. So I was a rain man in the sports fanatics situation back in the day. My brother to this day will call me in the middle of nowhere. Hey, I'm at a bar. And, uh, well, pre-COVID. And met this guy, he's talking sports. Who was that guy in 1962 that ran for 200 yards and threw for 100 yards? And I would know his name. Wasn't even alive then, but I would know his name. So, it's, and I'm not saying people should be like that towards, like like me, but I'm just weird. But there are some people who just, they say things like, dude, do you even know what you're talking about? You know what I mean? Dennis Eckersley was a great warrior. What? <laughs> so that's you get those. But it was pleasant to be on a plane with someone and having decent conversation, decent conversation and knowledgeable. I don't want to like gloss him up too high, but yeah, very knowledgeable. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, both of my fantasy teams are, are doing very well. Uh, I'm reigning champ in both leagues. Some of the buddies who will probably be listening to this podcast are on those, some of those leagues. Started out 7-0 and in one league, but I dropped my last two. This is week 9 going into week 10. Um, so everyone's pretty happy about that because I jumped into a uh, very large league. In my other league, I started off 0-5. Remember, I'm, I'm returning champion. But I've won four in a row, so I'm 4-5. and five, So those guys are getting nervous as well because they thought my season had ended before it started, but now they're starting to see my rise um, happening. And and both leagues are getting a little nervous. <clears throat> I'll keep you posting on all that. Congratulations to the Chicago Sky of the 
WNBA, um, the Chicago Sky's first WNBA championship. Candace Parker, her second WNBA championship. She was able to go home and win a championship for her city. So that has to be something special. Um, I guess that's how LeBron felt winning in Cleveland. You know, it's it's cool to win in other cities. I'm 100% certain. But if you can only imagine what that feeling and euphoria may feel like when um, you're winning at home, the place that you grew up in, you know. Um, imagine Steph winning in Charlotte or Dame Lillard winning in Oakland or, you know, one of those types of things. So um, Kawhi and Paul George in L.A., I'm sure they are uh, waiting for that chance. Uh, to get going on that. Um, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, first World Series since 90, 1995. That team, they should have won probably three or four. Um, remember that team with uh, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, uh, Terry Pendleton and Dave Justice, Ron Gant. Dion was on that team. Uh, pretty good team. Won one um, World Series, should have won more than that, but they won the Atlanta Braves won this year, so um, they remind me of my old Oakland A's teams, you know, McGuire and Canseco, Ricky Henderson. We only won one World Series as well. Remember when the Dodgers and Kirk Gibson uh, hit that home run and just knocked us out? I think that was in 89, something like that. Yeah, it was. I'm acting like I didn't know. Um, Broke my heart. Um, Looks like there could be a baseball lockout, and... I'm hoping that Major League Baseball doesn't do that. And and only because the owners, players, there's a lot of people going through a lot of things in life, especially with this COVID and, you know, not just the political views and dissension between each other, but people are unemployed and things are happening. So it would almost seem like Major League Baseball would be better off maybe even tabling that just for another season or two. Does that Brave World Series make up for that Falcon Super Bowl loss for the city of Atlanta? I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, but it kind of, I guess, helps it a little bit, puts a nice little band-aid on that because they haven't had a championship since that, since that 95 season. So the Falcons were the closest team to that, but then they blew that lead to, to Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Hawks are um, showing glimmers of hope, but this season they kind of started off slow. Uh, I think that, I think Trey Young said they were bored, but um, I don't know how you can be bored playing hoop. I, I, I can kind of see it maybe, but Steph Curry just dropped a 50 piece on him. Um, like the other night. So let's see if that wakes the Atlanta Hawks up. Um, but the the Braves actually are kind of like holding their own in the city of Atlanta. So we'll see how that works and how that continues. Like I said, I'm flying solo. Um, having a good time. I'm going to read some Instagram messages from people and respond to them. And some text messages from people and respond to them about some other things that we got going on. So look forward to that.
I guess we'll start with Robert Sarver, Phoenix Suns, NBA, typical racism, misogyny, mistreatment of people. Um, ESPN wrote an article about the Suns ownership um, chairman, Robert Sarver, um, interviewed plenty of employees about the toxic atmosphere over the years that that Mr. Sarver implemented. Um, Earl Watson, one of the former coaches, um, had his his point of view on it. And, And I guess I guess it pretty much started with the use of the N word. And I guess I don't know if if from the article it stated that Sarver asked uh, Watson why couldn't he use the N word if Draymond Green could use the N word, and <clears throat> you know I guess Watson pretty much can't use it, and Sarver was wondering why. And I think there seems to be some disconnect, so we're gonna try to figure this out. Some people feel that they have the right to say that word. Some people feel that others don't have the right to say that word. I feel, and this is just my opinion, we should pretty much get rid of that word. I I, I do use it amongst friends, so I'm I'm not going to be the first one to say that I don't. That would be hypocritical. But... I would be just as upset if I heard a group of white dudes saying it. Right. So why do I get to say it? And why do certain why aren't other people allowed to say it? I mean, just can't. But does that mean I should take it upon myself to better myself? Probably. Um, You know, I'm sounding like my dad now. Jeez. But the music. (laughs) And, 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 you know, things of that sort that every other word is just blatantly out there. And if I wanted to sing some, some song and those words are repeated, I I would have to feel really weird about muting myself. You know, when certain songs come on now, though, I was talking to, to, to my buddy, uh, Keith about this. There's a song out there that is just, the song slaps. That means it sounds great catchy vibe but the wording is just crazy and I I don't want to listen to it because it just it kind of just sticks in my crawl a little bit so first of all for on the Robert Sarver t- t- thing I'm not I'm not tanking here either I'm reading notes as I'm talking on the Robert Sarver thing there's really the difference between he and Donald Sterling is there were vi- there was tape of Donald Sterling there was actual footage of Donald Sterling saying those things. There's nothing really um, um, implicating Robert Sarver. Will he get fined? Who knows? But what's a fine to a billionaire? I, I, I have been in locker rooms where that word has been thrown out all the time, granted by black players, but there were white staff in the locker room and I would cringe. I would immediately look at them like uh almost apologetic like sorry they don't know any better. And and I, and and I don't want to put that out there like these ball players don't know any better. They do 
they just some just don't care and some don't choose to. Now, there were players in that locker in those locker rooms that black players that were not using that language. And they were kind of I won't say that they were feeling uncomfortable. They just kind of muted it themselves. So but for me, you know, I didn't have that environment of 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 hearing being in locker rooms in college and being in locker rooms in in my entire high school life through the pros and all that. So they probably are numb to that in the locker room environment. This is me being new to the game, you know, being, you know, being in, in the circles of that. And and those sometimes the music's blasting when guys are getting ready and getting hyped before the game and, and after the game when they're winding down and the music's blasting and all any rap song you could think of is coming on. And like I said, some of the people from the other side, equipment managers, staffs, GMs walk in and I mean, I feel like I would say, hey, turn that down. But I'm not doing that. (laughs) Uh, Derek, you're fired. I'm not doing that. Hey, y'all turn that down. But I will say that someone has to be able to relate to the players to be able to. To tell them to turn that down. Um, I can imagine that Monty Williams probably doesn't allow that in his locker room. But Chris Paul probably doesn't either. You see what I'm saying? So it just all depends on who, where the leadership is coming from. And that's what I think is key to to anything. To the N-word. To Robert Sarver. His wife is emailing people. And it's like, honey, stay out of this. <laughs> She's emailing people like, you hurt our feelings and you should take back what you said. Yes, defend your man, but kick back because you know he did it. If if he did it, you know he did it. You've heard him say that, you know. By the way, on Netflix, there's a show called Passing. It's in black and white. It's awesome. Make sure you look at that. That's all I got to say about Robert Sarver. But of course... The reason why I came out of semi-hibernation was because of my Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders have gone through so much over the last month or so. The Raiders are my team. I've loved the Raiders since I can remember. And a lot of people are jumping off the bandwagon. First, John Gruden has to resign because of of old emails. And I don't want to put the the emphasis on the word old emails because it's almost excusing it. On emails is what I'd rather say. And Mark Davis, who's Mike Davis? Center fielder, Oakland A's, 1978. Sorry. Uh, With Tony Armas and uh, Dwayne Murphy. Y'all too young for that. Wait, that wasn't Mike Davis? Who? Okay, I'll come back to it. Uh, that was Mike Davis. Anyway, um, see how I ramble by myself, y'all? Sean, hurry up. Finish what you're doing, man. Come on back. Um, so, emails were found about John Gruden, sent to Bruce Allen at Washington, who's going through their own little investigation. Um, uncovered John Gruden's email just talking about people in such a way that I know it's a lot of old white dudes who talk like that, you guys. You cannot be naive to think. Mark Davis is like, asked the NFL when they were asking him about John Gruden resigning and basically telling me, 
and everybody else. There's more, but they just needed to get John Gruden. I don't need to see the rest of those emails. I don't care. Yes, it would be nice to see just like. I would love to see the unmasking of who's like that. Now, like I said, probably there's a percentage. I was going to throw it out there, but I don't want to be right or wrong. But I'm sure there's a percentage of, of executives, you know, um, who who talk like that. Right. Who talk that there are people less than, you know, I can think about <clears throat> Pam Oliver. I don't know Pam Oliver personally, and I could be totally wrong about this. And I compare her to a, a, a Malika Andrews today. Right. Pam Oliver's been doing this for a long time. And she looks like she'll punch you in your mouth if you say something crazy to her. But I can only imagine what she may have heard when she got started. Right. Eighties, maybe um, from 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 gross men <laughs> and what she probably had to put up with and deal with paving the way, you know, her and, and, and others paving the way. For for like the Malika Andrews of the world, because now back then you say something and and the men had no repercussions. Now you're done. So not that I need to hear Pam's Oliver's story and I'm just using her name just because I, I can't think of any others right now. But I'm sure there's some stories that there's some skeletons and maybe sometimes people want to just, you know, let land dogs lie. You know what I mean? Or however the saying goes. Um, but with the Gruden email, there's plenty more. You guys, it just don't don't be naive to think that. Oh, why did he even write that email on, on company email? What? That shouldn't be your question. You know, um, then we get to. Well, and first thing, Mike Mayock is Gruden's guy. So maybe at the end of the year, it might be time to part ways with Mike Mayock. I'm not sure. And, and I'll bring that back up in a minute. The next thing that happened was Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs was driving 156 miles an hour. When I'm over 85, I get scared. Okay. I know he was drunk, intoxicated, killed a woman. Um, Tina Tinkter. I think that's her Tina name Tinter. Is. That's what Sorry. her name is. And he he was drunk at a top golf, drove home, he and his girlfriend, and doing 156 miles an hour, kills the woman. And Henry Ruggs is looking at some considerable amount of time. And I really I've had my time to think about this and dwell on this. And and you know. First for the family of the one who lost their life. I, that's that's got to be, you know, I empathize and I sympathize. I've been through that. And that is you're angry. You're you're you don't. It's like a shock. One person's there one day and in this, the blink of an eye, they're gone. And it's not that they're sick. That is something that you can kind of anticipate, not taken away from that. But it's. Sunday and then it's Monday and they're not there and for no other reason, but because someone else's mistake and, and I've been there. And so I know firsthand. So I'm looking at it from both sides. 
knowing I also hear Max Crosby, one of Ruggs' teammates, saying he had a DUI and, and he had got a second chance. And, and had he run into somebody and killed them, he probably would not have been able to have that second chance and, and this, that, and the other, you know. And it's hard to kind of split up your, your feelings because on one hand, it's he killed an innocent person and you are supposed to be totally upset about that. I'm just sad for him and not because I'm a Raider fan, but because this young young man's life is over, like before it even got started. I think about the mouths he had to feed. I think about the woman in the car is his girlfriend, also the mother of his child. Now that child's future is, I won't say it's gone, but that generational wealth from dad is gone. Child still has a great future and, and can move and can do great things and become president. But a head start is always a better start, right? And so that's what I thought about. I thought about the dilemma that the child's mother is in now. Because the child mother now has to sue her, her child's father, <laughs> Right. Think of how twisted that is. Or her child doesn't eat. Right. But then you got everyone in the town probably upset at her. For whatever testimony, she's going to have to testify. She's going to have to say that he was drinking. She's going to have to say a lot of things because she has to take care of her child. Right. And so there are just so many different dilemmas and so many different things that people haven't taken into consideration. Because it's got to be hard for her world change, her child's world change. Henry Ruggs, families, friends, mama, daddy, everybody's life changed. Some are going to blame her. Why did you let him drive? Right. I mean, just think about the things that are going to be coming her way. And, and that's what I. it's going to be difficult. Damon Arnett, another Raider was on, I guess, a live threatening someone with guns and, you know, threatening their life. And he got released as well. Another first round pick. The difference between Damon Arnett, well, I won't compare he and Henry Ruggs, two different, he and Henry Ruggs, two different situations, but Damon Arnett wasn't even playing good. Damon Arnett wasn't even seeing the field. He was a bust up to, to this point. And one of the things that sticks in my head in his video, I saw the video of him threatening the person. Obviously, the person was trolling him about how much he sucked. Basically, you suck. He pretty much saying, come here, pull up, blah, blah, blah. We'll kill you. Da, da, da. What stuck in my head was he said, and it's way more people in here that'll do it, too. So he was pretty much saying it's 10 dudes in here. We'll all kill you. Okay, so my first thinking is, first of all, those 10 dudes are going to be mad at you now because they got to go back home because you're about to get cut and they were relying on you. So now they're going to be mad at you. Secondly, who are these 10 dudes and why did they not grab your phone from you and tell you to stay off of Instagram or whatever you were on? Another question came through on, on, on the text line. They don't have no uncles. Or no dads 
or no big cousins or, or somebody that's that's looking out for them. That's hey, you're not about to do this. You're not about to do that. You know, I was talking to the homie about um, Henry Ruggs driving in Vegas. First off, when I go to Vegas, I don't rent a car. You know why? Because you don't need a car in Vegas. You do not people. You do not need a car in Vegas at all. Don't rent one. You don't need one. You can't take your car in the club either. The way that Vegas is set up is you you, you pull up somewhere, you still got to walk in somewhere. So anybody seeing your car. So, I, okay, if, if if Henry Ruggs was, I don't want to Uber or Lyft because of COVID, whatever. But if you Uber there, guess how you're going to have to get home? You're going to have to Uber home. So if you know you're going to be drinking, why not just Uber there and take that 10, 15 minute discomfort, keep the windows down and do it on the way back home. At least one thing you'll know, you won't be driving drunk. Damon Arnett, different story. That was just an idiot move. Somebody needs to, to, to kick him in the fanny, like for real, because you suck and you talking crap because you're mad at somebody saying you suck. Well, like my mom used to tell me, truth hurts. With all the stuff that's happening with the Raiders, like I said, Gruden, Rugs. The question came up, is it Vegas? Is Vegas the reason why these guys are doing too much? Because the NBA is looking closely. They want to put a franchise in Vegas. But if there's calamity and casualty and problem and issue one after another, they're going to have to look at that and kind of evaluate from that standpoint. I don't know if Vegas is the issue because there are 50-year-old, 60-year-old, 70-year-old men who from Minnesota as one person said on a text that's that's losing their minds in Vegas you saw the hangover people lose their mind in Vegas they go to Vegas to lose their mind imagine if they're 22 and rich and they're from some small town in Alabama or some small town in Kentucky or Mississippi and they get to Vegas and they're rich and they're in Vegas people go there for a weekend and get messed up they're living there I don't know if Vegas is the issue, but what I do know is the issue is relatability. You have to be able to relate to these players. They have to be able to trust you. If they don't have uncles or dads or or big cousins to take them under their wing, they have to have someone that they can confide in, talk to and things of that sort. One person who I always think about who I think is relatable is Lewis Riddick. And if the Raiders were to make a decision, they, they can make a decision on Mayock because Mayock was John Gruden guy. You know, little Gruden still on the sideline, which means that I'm not saying Mike Mayock knew of Gruden's ways, but at the same time. Right. Yeah. If y'all can see my face, did he? <laughs> so with that, I don't know. Let's get him out of there and let's start fresh, because if we're going to be in Vegas, Mark Davis. Let's have someone who can relate to these young kids in Vegas. Lewis Riddick. That's why Deshaun Jackson going to Vegas, I think, is huge because he's been through it. He's older and is respected. People can relate to him. He's still that. He still relates to the younger crowd, even though he's 34. Um, Yes, when you're 34, you're old now, I guess. (laughs) But if I don't know if Odell Beckham's going there, but I think he could be good there. And they'll be ambassadors for these young guys. Like, really? 
because Derek Carr can't relate to to Henry Ruggs. He's his quarterback, but they live in two different aspects. You know what I mean? Odell Beckham or Deshaun Deshaun Jackson, who I think are both matured enough to really be more mentors and productive, productive mentors. That's what we all want in life, right? Um, So I think a player or, or an executive like Lewis Riddick, Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy, they can relate to the players that they need to relate to. A lot of these guys are coming from broken homes. They're coming from places that they have the weight of 100 people pulling at their pockets, you guys. And and a lot of that, some people drink to, to mask it. Some people do other things to mask it. You know, and, and, and some people just don't know how to relate. That's why you have all these m- mental health issues, because people aren't able to discuss or trust people that they talk to. Um, I'm going to read a quote and, and don't shoot the messenger. All right. This is a song by Tupac, one of my favorite songs, and it's called White Man's World. Right. And, and so I was just this is the first thing that I thought about when I saw Henry Ruggs and then Damon Arnett. Right. So, like I said, don't shoot the messenger. This is like the last part of the song where he's talking. And he was saying it very angry. He's like, remember that in this white man's world, they can't stop us. We've been here all this time. They ain't took us out. They can never take us out. No matter what they say about us being extinct. Y'all know it now, huh? About us being endangered species. We ain't never going to leave this. Y'all remember that, right? We ain't never going to walk off this planet. And here's the most important part. Unless y'all choose to. He said, use your brain. Use your brain. It ain't them that's killing us. It's us that's killing us. It ain't them that's knocking us off. It's us that's knocking us off. I always, when I hear that part of that song, and listen to that song, white folks, black folks, every folks, because the pain is there. You don't know. I don't care how cool you are. You could be the coolest person in the world. If you ain't been through the struggle, you can empathize. You can. But if you ain't been through it, just, just, I don't even know what to say. Just understand that you ain't been through it. It's a struggle. And, and, and you can be a part of the struggle. And, and we love those who appreciate the struggle. There's still a part that's like, yeah, but you still don't 100% understand. And that's fine. And I don't understand childbirth. So you understand what I'm saying? Um, I, can, I can think I do, but I know I don't. Um, and that's all I think about. We, we, we shooting ourselves in the foot. We can't blame Robert Sarver for dropping in bombs. If we dropping in bombs, I hear games sitting down low during the game. Dudes is going talking crazy to each other and in bombs fly. And it's thousands of people sitting in those rows listening to it. Refs as well. And refs need to really just start like throwing out techs for it. Really? And, and the reason why we throwing out a tech for this reason, for the in bomb. Start putting these dudes on blast for, hey, if you're listening to your music, listen to your music, whatever. But. It shouldn't be coming out of your mouth, not to the masses, not in mixed company, as my grandma would say. (laughs) So that's where we have to start before we can start getting mad at Robert Sarver for saying it. 
not he does not have a point in asking why can I say it if he can say it no you can't but we shouldn't be saying it right now I'm being hypocritical because I'm gonna call one of my partners right now and call him that but like I said I'm not doing it in air quotes mixed company if that makes any sense I hope I don't offend anybody with that I just hope that you guys are, are trying to 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 do better we all can do better what um what this is going to do is teach, I hope, I hope, sincerely hope that these coaches are in these locker rooms, these agents, these everybody, these mamas and daddies and homies. You're not going to be on social media. You're not going to be drinking and driving. You're not going to be having parties, phones at the door. We're not going to be hanging around with 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 all these females like that. We it's time to lock in. It's time to lock in, and it's time to. And, and I know it's hard when you're 22 and 23 and, and and got millions in your pocket. No, I don't know that honestly, because I probably would do the fool too, especially if I didn't have anybody telling me. But yeah, my pops would probably. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't. Like, Give me that. That's my money. <laughs> I'll give you an allowance. My pops would have been like Clay Thompson's dad. Uh, I'm giving you an allowance. So just be smarter, people. Um, like I said, I'm on hiatus now because college ball and G League ball are starting and, and I got stuff to do. But Sean and I will be back soon. Hopefully by All-Star we're gonna, or some crazy stuff happens. Um But I know one thing that's going to come from this. So my friends say I'm crazy. My friends say I'm out of my mind. But I think the only thing that can happen from this is positivity. Right? Because if you think about it, our president of the Raiders resigned in July. That was uh, Mark Bedang. Also in July, the vice president of strategy and business development, Brandon Dahl, resigned. Uh, Ed Villanueva, the CFO, resigned, and uh, Roxy Grant, the club controller, resigned this summer as well. Uh, the 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 Carl Nassib story, which isn't a story, um, and then Gruden, Rugs, and Arnett. You know, only one thing can happen, y'all, from this. It's got to be the Super Bowl. Basachi going to win the coach of the year. Darren Waller going to win Super Bowl MVP. We're going to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. That's just my crazy wish list. What don't kill us, make us stronger. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.